Welcome back to Inside Lebanon Warriors Athletics here on LebanonWarriors.com and ESP Media powered by Sidearm Sports. I'm Jason Griefer, Lebanon AD Keith Pantling, kind enough to give us his time once again here to talk about the spring sports and uh, how everything's going on here because we're already into the spring sports season. It's, it's a condensed season. We're already well underway there. But before we get to the spring, we do want to touch on some of the uh, really strong outings in the uh, winter sports season since we weren't able to uh, convene here on the podcast for the uh, winter sports season. That's on my end, not Keith. So uh, fans out there, don't worry. It's that was That's my bad, uh, if you will, but uh, we'll talk about that at another time. But uh, nevertheless, uh, Keith, we're coming into the spring sports season with some really good momentum overall with some really, really strong outings from what we saw from various programs in the uh, winter season. Yeah, it's good to see you again, Jason. Uh, we, had a, we had a very successful winter. Um, <laughs> I guess just for the sake of time, I'll kind of highlight some of uh, some of the big stuff. Um, our boys wrestling has always sent some guys off to state. Um, uh, won the ECC championship, uh, did some tremendous things. We added a girls program. This was their first year. Uh, we had 15 girls come out, um, ended up having about 13 stay for the duration of the year um, and uh, sent uh, several to state, ended up with three state placers. Um, just a tremendous first year. And we're looking forward to the growth of that program. Swimming had a record number of, of district qualifiers. Uh, boys and girls bowling had tremendous years. The girls won a share of the ECC. Uh, the boys qualified for districts for the ninth straight year, which is, uh, which is pretty impressive uh, with how few teams get through. So I'm um, really proud of those programs. Basketball teams finished strong uh, with postseason wins and, um, you know, before bowing out. And then um, uh, who did I forget here? Um, cheer. Cheer. We can't forget cheer. Cheer made a... Uh, our, our competition cheer team um, had some tremendous success at some local competitions, made it to nationals and went down and finished, I believe, fifth and seventh uh, in the two different categories uh, down in Orlando. They had a tremendous trip in February. So, so proud of those programs. Um, and yeah, uh, it kind of uh, bleeds right into spring and uh, we're rocking and rolling here and it's a sprint to the finish. Yeah, no doubt. And uh, very uh, tightly contested it will be for the uh, all-sports trophy in the ECC. seems like almost everyone's clumped together there. So very realistic opportunity for your teams here. It's going to depend on what the spring sports do to try and get you across the finish line there. But the opportunity uh, is there. Speaking of spring sports, let's go ahead and talk about them. And uh, first, let's jump on the diamond. Let's talk about your uh, baseball team. Uh, they're, off, they're off to a strong start in the ECC at 4-1 uh, and one overall. They've got a game slated uh, against Kings Wednesday uh, Wednesday evening, assuming Mother Nature cooperates, we're actually going to carry that game on WatchHSSports.tv. I'll be up there uh, on the call of that one, again, assuming it happens. But 4-1 and one in the ECC right now, and I don't know that there's a hotter hitter in Southwest Ohio than Parker Dillhoff because he, he, he's just destroying the baseball at this point. You look at what he's done thus far, and again, it's early in the season. He's hitting 647 with five homers and 13 RBIs. The latter two lead the ECC by a country mile, and he's second in batting average at this point, although has several more at-bats than the guy in front of him. But nevertheless, uh, this is an unbelievable start for anybody, much less a, a hitter as good as Parker. What's been the key to him just coming out and just tearing the cover off the ball? Well, I can certainly say that baseball is important to him. Um, you know, anytime you see him, he's he's uh, either wearing baseball stuff or whatever year round. Um, that's I mean, that's that's his deal. Um, he's a uh, he's signed to go to Wichita State, which is a tremendous baseball program uh, next year in play. 
And uh, it's just, you know, someone has that much passion and it's that important to them. They tend to uh, spend a lot of time and effort, um, you know, refining their craft and uh, it's paying dividends for him now, the amount of work that he puts in and the amount of baseball he plays year round. So really cool to see the success he's having. Um, hopefully he can continue uh, through the end of the year and, and help us get some wins and, and make a push in the postseason. You get the sense his start and kind of his where he's at as far as where he's going. Does that does that feed through to the rest of the team? Do guys see him and be and and kind of feed off of what he's done thus far? Yeah, you know what I was I was going to say that that um, sometimes when you're when your better players are also some of your leaders um, that that kids look up to um, that can permeate through a program in a positive way. So um, I think you see that with this group right now. Uh, we have a, a pretty large senior class. Um, that uh, is pretty galvanized. And I think um, this team's been fun to watch. They bring a different energy than, than what I had seen last year. And, um, you know, I think um, I, I certainly think it's going to generate some momentum for them um, just with the, the, the group overall, more, more, even more beyond Parker, you know, it's just a great group of guys that um, really feed off each other are, are in it for the team, the team success and um, very deep team. A lot of guys are getting at bats um, and they're not pouting. They're, they know it's in the, what's ever in the best interest of the team to, to get victory. So um, looking forward to a great year if we can get back on the diamond here. <laughs> Absolutely. Similar story with your uh, softball team. And boy, what a start they are off to inside the ECC. 6-0 and overall in the league thus far and outscored your opposition 70-5 to in those outings with four of those being shutouts. So you're getting it done on both sides of things. You're scoring, scored at least 10 runs in every ECC game. And as I mentioned, four times your staff has thrown a shutout uh, thus far in league play. They've got a busy week coming up. We'll talk about that here in just a moment. Again, assuming Mother Nature cooperates and who knows if that's going to happen. But first of all, when you look at the, what they've done thus far in the ECC, what has been the thing that stood out to you or the coaching staff or both? Has is, is it been the offense? Has it been the defense or is the fact that your pitching staff's going out there and throwing zeros almost every time out? Well, I think if you talk to Coach Kendall, um, he has, has, has a standard for the program that doesn't change. Um, and so regardless of who you're playing or what the score might be, they just want to, to, to do the best they can with the next at bat, um, pitch the best game they can. And, um, you know, you can never tell. I always say when I go out there, if I don't look at the scoreboard, you can never tell what the score is. Um, based on how they're performing. And that's a, that's a, you know, that's a great way of doing it. And um, kudos to coach Kendall and his staff for keeping them uh, motivated, even through some of those uh, one-sided wins, because they play quite the tough schedule and they know that their aspirations are, are deep in, in, in the playoffs. So um, they do a great job. And this has been going on in this program for a long time um, where they have some one-sided games on their schedule that, um, you know, requires them to, to keep a focus and not get complacent and keep things moving. So they'll continue to do that. Um, and um, again, great program, very fun to watch and uh, very, very high standard. So we look forward to a, a deep push into the postseason again, as always. As I touched on, they have a very, very busy week slated uh, for this week. If we get all the games in right now, we're looking at six games between now and Saturday evening. You have three of those uh, being played at the uh, Thunder in the Valley. So you play some outside competition there, some non-conference competition there. How are the, how is the coaching staff, how is Coach Kendall expecting the team to hold up particularly this week, given the fact that they're literally gonna, going to be no days off. And then by the time you get to Saturday, you've got two games to play in a very short order. Yeah, I don't know that he is, but um, depth helps, right? We have a very um, 
one of the few teams in even in our conference that still has JV. So we have, I mean, we have a lot of kids in our program, which helps. And then obviously the difference between softball and baseball is um, the pitching isn't as straining, right? So you can really get by um, with, with two or three over the course of a week if you're playing every day. So, um, you know, I think it's just keeping the focus and not getting um, too, too backloaded to where you're grinding it out and the kids are getting, you know, kind of uh, depleted late in the year when, it, when things really start to count. Um, but when you start piling these together now, um, you mentioned some of our some of our success in the conference. We have some of the top teams in the conference coming up here, um, you know, in very, very tight window. So um, it's a very important stretch that I know coach is focused on, as I as I mentioned, keeping that high standard and um, high level of play um, through this stretch. So, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how he navigates through it. But, uh, hey, he's a state Hall of Famer, was inducted earlier uh, this year, and um, he'll figure out a way. Absolutely. Get no knows a thing or two out there how to how to navigate things, especially you know so many games in a short order. But then again, that's the spring season. Uh, let's switch gears. Let's talk about your track and field now. And uh, they're slated to go up to uh, Centerville later on this week for the uh, Elk Relays. Again, right now, as we're recording this on Tuesday morning, it looks like Mother Nature may cooperate. But again, that's three days off, and who the heck knows what Mother Nature has in store uh, by then. But nevertheless. Uh, what have you seen from your runners and your field athletes thus far on the season? How have they looked coming out in the early going? And how do you feel like they've handled all the various weather conditions that have been thrown at them thus far? Yeah, and talking to the coaches, um, a great start to the season. They had uh, a record number of kids participate in the indoor season um, and had some people represent Lebanon up in uh, Geneva for the state meet. So um, really a, a great core of kids that uh, tracks really important to them and they train really hard. Uh, we have a ginormous number of kids out for the program this year so um you know they're out there working hard uh, the weather has played a little bit of a factor but this is where they start um you know seeing different teams and really starting to understand where they are um you know and comparing themselves across the region or the district or even the you know the conference um so a meet uh, at sycamore with some other ecc schools and gmc uh you kind of get an understanding of where you're at and then um you just keep pushing and you want to you want to hit, hit your numbers um uh, you know, at, at the right time. So they're, uh, they're working hard. They really like this event coming up. Um, and then the ECCs are early in May. So there's not a ton of time before uh, things really start happening in terms of uh, postseason. You mentioned there about the fact that you've had a quote ginormous amount of kids out for a track and field this year. How important is that in this sport in particular to have that kind of interest to have so many kids out there and try and help things as far as the team perspective in the long haul so that you don't necessarily burn out your top four or five runners early in the season. Yeah, I think it's just great in general to have kids out and be a part of something. Um, kudos to our coaches, Jason Simcoe and Marty Collier, who just do an awesome job. They make it enjoyable. Um, they make the training enjoyable. And it's a great group of kids that really get along. Um, so it's been fun. And then, and then you know, there's different aspects. Um that allow uh, our other coaches to push their kids into track and field, whether, whether it's our wrestling coaches um, or our football coaches that want kids to get there and, and sprint and train with these guys. Um, so it's really, it's beneficial from, from a lot of different uh, aspects. And it's just great um, that here, it's a collective effort to get people to be a part of track and field. And it's easy when they're enjoying it so much and have such great families and students and coaches and everybody involved in the program. How important is that for you as an athletic director to have that relationship 
that those interpersonal relationships between the coaches and between the programs to say where one coach can reach out to another and say, Hey, I've got a kid that may be good for you. Or, Hey, do you have anybody that can come, uh, uh, come out and, and, uh, and play for my team? How big is that for you in kind of developing the overall culture there? Yeah, it's very important. It's, it's easier said than done. Um, just because sometimes regardless of what coaches think, there's kind of that specialization occurring just in our society in general to where um, yeah. some kinds coaches are more open to it than the kids actually are. Um, so um, really just trying to push kids to consider a second or third sport and not be influenced by someone uh, outside of, of, of the school. So, um, but yeah, it's, it's great to have coaches that support it and ours certainly do here. Moving on to the uh, tennis courts, uh, a couple of nice wins last week, uh, you know, sweep over Stevens winning yep. against Edgewood 4-1. Four, four so, yep, absolutely. So uh, getting some wins early on in the season, that's always what you like to see. You know, you've got a couple coming up this week here at home with a uh, scheduled anyway with uh, with uh, Clinton Massey and, and potentially Milford on Thursday inside the league before you go on the road next week with Zinnia, Moeller, Walnut, you know, and so on and so forth. So we're going to get away from home next week. So I'm curious your thoughts as to taking care of business at home this week, you know, especially with the Milford one being in inside the ECC. Yeah, the ECC is just really tough. We've talked about it before. Um, you know, those east side uh, 275 loop uh, suburbs, they play some good tennis. So we're, uh, we're doing our thing. Luckily, we have a, a a lot of returning kids. Tamir Whitaker is our, our first singles, um, does a great job, kind of the leader of, of that group. Um, and we just continue to, to keep trying to get better. Um, Coach does a great job with the schedule to kind of get some competitive matches in early on and, and see where we're at, get some good vibes going before we hit that gauntlet of a stretch in the ECC. Um, but they're in a good spot right now, get some matches in. Um, again, that ECC is going to be tough, but we've uh, continued to progress um, towards competing more and more towards the top um, of the conference. So uh, that's kind of the goals. And Coach uh, Zembeck does a great job of just, just keeping the kids motivated. And um, he knows kind of the, uh, the, the standard that's set in this conference, and we got to continue working towards getting there. You alluded to your team being off to a good start, and it's kind of a similar story with your girls lacrosse program as well. Off to a three and one start, you know, the, the one loss being a last second, a last minute goal, I should say, against Anderson, Anderson. where you dro drop a drop a tough one there. But nevertheless, three and one, nothing to shake a stick at uh, as we get going early on in the season. But a light week this week, you know, uh, you know, spring break going on. You've got the holiday weekend coming up, so things a little bit quieter uh, this week. But nevertheless. I'd have to imagine the coaching staff is pretty pleased with the start they're off to. You know, obviously Anderson won. That could have gone either way. But nevertheless, good start early on, three and one overall. Uh, have they gotten a, a sense of where they potentially stack up inside the ECC at this point? You know, obviously Loveland is a team everybody shoots for uh, in girls lacrosse inside the ECC. But uh, have they gotten a feel for what kind of team this can be down the road? Yeah, I think from the outside, the expectations weren't very high. I, I, if I had to guess on a percentage, I would say that 80% of our offense graduated. Um, we had a very strong senior class last year. So I think from the outside, the expectations may have dropped a little for, for Lebanon girls lacrosse. But in talking with Coach, he was really excited about uh, the core group of girls coming up. And uh, we, you know, you use the term culture of just um, kids that get along are galvanized. Um, are together working on, you know, for a similar, same purpose um, to be successful and have team success. And so 
um, the success we've had so far, actually all underclassmen, you know, scoring goals and things. You have the Planica sisters, um, Paige Carter, Jada Suberling, all underclassmen. So um, just a great group that's working really hard and kind of, I don't want to say overachieving, but um, just, you know, exceeding expectations. Um, and so they'll continue to work hard. And I think that uh, there's nobody that we're, we're scared to play. I can assure you that. So looking forward to the, to the rest of this year. And I, I don't know enough about the other programs in the ECC, but um, you know, controlling what we can control, we're ready for uh, we're ready for the schedule. Over on the boys' side, it's been a tougher start to the season, to uh, to say the least. And this has not been an easy schedule that's been thrown on them as well. I mean, we're talking, you know, games already against Centerville, Lakota West, Pick North, you know, Sycamore. You get into ECC play with uh, with Anderson. You know, it, it's been a tough road to start the season anyway. But again, schedule has been tough to uh, aid in that regard there. Uh, what's the vibe around the team at the moment, given the fact that the schedule's been so tough early on in the non-conference? Where do you think their heads are at as they start to head in towards the meat of the conference schedule? Yeah, so Coach and I talked about that. See, the the, the intention of, of that schedule is to get ready for the ECC, right? And so, um, however, when, when those things, when you're not getting wins, sometimes that can deflate a team. So, we talked a lot about keeping their heads and understanding that all their goals uh, for the season are, are still in front of them. Um, again, a tough one with Anderson that would have been, it would have erased all those other uh, L's had you got that first uh, ECC victory and, and got, mm -hmm. gotten the conference playoff to a good start. Um, so we, we didn't get that one, but um, got Walnut and now we'll continue moving forward um, in the ECC at 500 and, um, the, our guys know that they can play with anybody. So, um, we'll continue to do that. And that's why we have that schedule that way. And sometimes that's, uh, that's, that's where you started having that mental mindset that you can play with anybody. And again, it's early in the season, as you said, one and one in conference play. And that's what we're focused on, uh, right now. Let's switch gears and, uh, let's talk about a, uh, sports, a, a team that's made its return after a long hiatus. Uh, at Lebanon High School, and that's your boys' volleyball program. It's back for the first time in a long time uh, at the school. You start things off the very first regular season matchup. You sweep Princeton, so that's a good way to start the season. You, you've already taken on Middletown and Loveland. Those don't go your way, but, you know, that, that's a tough way to start things on the road, and then you're slated to take on uh, Lakota West a little bit later on uh, this week. But I just want to kind of talk about the rebirth of the program in general because that's not an easy thing to uh, to put together so i just want to get your thoughts sure. on how how that came together kind of the response from the uh, lebanon community lebanon alumni maybe guys that played volleyball there in years past and also the uh, the ultimate reaction to coming out in that opener for the rebirth of the program and winning in straight sets yeah so um it's funny our our girls volleyball coach karen miranda is a teacher here um and since i had started here two years ago um the there was always this vibe of kids wanting to bring that back i had heard it from several uh, different people that there's interest in the building and so um we explored what it would take uh, we reached out to the board uh the state board which is the ohio high school boys volleyball association something along those lines um and the gentleman that was leading it actually happened to be the coach at middletown um and help navigate uh, through some things. They do a great job with that organization to make it very easy. They give you a step-by-step -step process on how to, to really add a team. Um, they offer a grant for uh, $1,000 for a new team, which helps us with 
uh, uniform costs or to justify to our district that we can support this uh, on a break-even basis. So um, we put together a plan that, that said uh, it wouldn't cost the district any money. We would charge a couple dollars at the gate to help with officials fees. We would charge the kids to play to cover, um, to cover uniforms and uh, transportation costs and other things like that. Uh, luckily, they can use all of our girls' volleyball equipment uh, and, and things along that those lines. So it was pretty easy for us to get it um, approved. Uh, the next step was getting interest and getting support uh, from non-paid coaches. And uh, we were able to do that. We, we put a sign-up together and had 47 kids come to tryouts. Um, we also had uh, six local, uh, on top of Coach Miranda, who volunteered to uh, – to coach the team, we had six uh, alumni from, from the 90s teams and or parents uh, locally volunteer to, to assist with practices. Um, and the next thing you know, we're, we're in the gym playing. It's been awesome to uh, kind of watch this thing evolve. Um, you know, we rolled out uniforms. We had picture day. We have senior banners. Uh, we get to that first game and uh, it's just awesome to see. And um, yeah, it's been it's been great. Um, we have a, enough for a varsity and a JV uh, team. We're having a little bit of success. I think the guys that thought it was going to be easy and kind of a, a little sand volleyball type thing have realized there's some serious strategy involved uh, running up against someone like Loveland early on. But uh, we have a pretty favorable schedule that should allow them to compete for the most part this season. And then uh, we'll, we'll just see where it goes. But we had some, some great athletes out, which helps. Um, some basketball kids, a few from, from soccer, and then some kids that weren't a part of any program here um, that found a, a niche coming out to volleyball. And it's, it's really been great for a lot of kids. So we're, we're proud of the program. Yeah, really nice shot in the arm and a cool, cool behind the scenes of how that comes together. Uh, speaking of behind the scenes, something else I want to get your thoughts on as we're wrapping up here on the show today is the fact that Mother Nature is always seeming to wreak havoc in the spring sports season, perhaps more so than anything, any other season throughout a calendar year. You know, games are getting moved, games are getting canceled, postponed, rescheduled, all those different types of things. You got to make sure fields are ready and whatnot. So I'm just want you to take us behind the scenes from an administrative standpoint, the logistics behind you know, events when Mother Nature, when weather is expected to be a factor. How do you go about determining when do we when do we perhaps contact the other ADs and say, hey, we may need to reschedule, we may need to cancel, we may need to move an event. What's that process like in determining if and when an event gets postponed or, or canceled and ultimately any potential reschedules? Sure. So, uh, I mean, on any typical day, like today, for instance, uh, we have a couple. We have a couple uh, games with Anderson. Um, we'll text each other in the morning and just kind of give each other a time um, based on on what the weather might have been. So today we'll make a determination probably by one o'clock um, because there's no more rain coming. We'll be able to determine if our if our ball fields are going to be able to dry out or not. Um, so and then we call our our grounds guys. So I got on the phone with Will Mickna here, who does a phenomenal job. Um, and he let me know which fields he can get on, which fields he could turn over that might dry out throughout the day. Um, we typically need some, some decent warmth and, uh, the wind really helps dry out the ball field. So, uh, it's looking okay for today. And then we have secondary fields. So your freshman or, or JV fields, um, at various districts, maybe not be in as great a shape and can't take as much rain. And then you got to get on the horn and hope you can find a local park that might have had some better luck or better drainage to get on. So uh, for today in particular, we probably won't be able to get on our freshman field back behind our high school 
um, but we're working hard on our varsity field and putting all of our resources into that. And then we're going to try to find an alternate location for our for our freshman game. Um, and Anderson may be doing the same over there. So we'll just connect throughout the day. We always try to play any time we can, uh, contrary to maybe what parents sometimes believe. Um, we do everything we can to get in games because it is it is not fun uh, rescheduling, um, especially when you got to connect with umpires and everybody involved in transportation and, and then do it all over again. So, yeah, it's uh, it ends up taking up uh, quite a bit of your day, especially this past uh, seven to ten days. Well, at least we are getting games and events and matches in at this point allows us to talk about some of the uh, uh, exploits of the uh, student athletes and what they're done, what they've done thus far uh, in the spring sports season. Hopefully next week, we don't have to talk about any kind of postponements or cancellations and what have you knock on wood. Mother Nature may have other ideas, but uh, Keith, great catching up with you once again. And uh, we'll look forward to do it in the coming weeks and uh, continue to talk about more and more uh, terrific things that are going on up there at Lebanon. Thanks, Jason. Good to have you back. Absolutely. That is Lebanon Athletic Director Keith Pantling joining us once again for Inside Lebanon Warriors Athletics here on LebanonWarriors.com and ESP Media powered by Sidearm Sports.